everybody say it mean? Who's that out there living the dream? Let's blow him the bean. Who's that still smoking all that green? Let's blow him the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's blow in the bean. Let's blow in the bean. Let's blow in the bean. Welcome back, everybody. We're definitely bringing it hard with all the MMA news. We got post-fight talk, new fight talk. That song I felt like was going to just bring in a little bit of the weekend talk with Angela Magana and Christian Cyborg. Have you been up to date kind of what's been happening with that? I know we've been breaking it down and we've been uh, following the story. And it's been something that I, th I feel like justice is finally coming through. For for Chris Dyborg, I'd like to get a a handle before I let loose on Miss Magania myself. Are you talking about um, Magania getting booted from it, Alliance? It, not only that, but the head coach, training legend, um, former UFC heavyweight champion Brandon Vera, actually also posting in the a letter whole, that le it was. I it felt, was a thrashing. Yes. And it was just like, why isn't anyone sticking up for you? We're your homegirls. We're your gym mates. We're your teammates. We're your family. Like, no one's out here sticking Nobody. up for you. Because Nobody. you're not a nice person. Yep. Like, I, exactly. I think that's a really telling for your coach. Your coach. That's what I think as well. When people, like coaches and people, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but like-minded people tend to hang out and a lot of people. She's a mean girl. I haven't been saying good things about her as well. Um, it is very telling. And it, it, you can only hide behind the gestures that she's making for so long before it catches you in the ass. Like, people don't want to be affiliated with you because it makes her whole gym look bad. And I was, I feel like we talked about it a bit, saying like, wonder what's going to happen. Well, it's come down the line. She can't train with certain people anymore. She's out of the UFC for cyberbullying as well. Even though... She has not won a fight in over... She hasn't looked good in a four fight. Four or five years? Yeah. Yeah. She hasn't won a... She lost all of her exhibitions and UFC bouts. She's like 0-5 in the last... Whatever. She's blackballed. But she was trying to make a name for herself uh, by being incredibly mean and rude when she didn't need to do that. She just needed to be, be a better fighter instead of leaking her own nude photos. And, well, the piper came a-calling. <laughs> and... You got you're you're paying the bill Instant now. Karma. You're paying the bill now. And people that are fighters are gonna fight. I don't agree with what Chris did, but anyone who's been cyber bullied to you don't. Meganya when she was sitting in her house, she didn't think she'd ever run into Chris Cyborg. But did she has to have. 
She, I, what I think is that she I don't she think was, the UFC people get together all the time. And uh, I feel like the chances of her being on a card with Chris were slim and nil. Yeah. So it, it was like with all the cards they do in the year. I just uh-huh. think she was just like everybody else sitting at home that's rude as hell online, that trolls, and then, the, uh, as you say, the piper was in her face. <laughs> and she deserved it. And I'm not into violence Unless I'm watching MMA, I like it to be bouted like that. I wish Chris was smarter about it, but I just feel like she did it for a lot of people, not just herself. She, Chris did that for a lot of people on the internet who are bullied and, you know, can't, you, you can't say an opinion without, and I'm okay with getting in debates online all day, but there's a right and wrong way to do it and putting up pictures she should, Meganya, the reason she's not one of the best, she has no respect for a woman like Cyborg. You're a fighter and you have no respect for somebody like Cyborg. Exactly. So even with or without the cheating potential scandal she has, she, you, she's is, won too many things. How many things have, how many men have been caught and busted for steroids without being thrashed every fight for the rest of their career. I completely agree with that. And she think is it's a getting, super valid point. Yeah, she's just getting over thrashing, I feel like, for something that she is cleared and she has been cleared by Asada. I feel like that either means something or it doesn't. Also, it either has to mean something or it doesn't. Right. So if it means something, like let's get her a fight. But I also don't think there's a big conspiracy. Jose Aldo is going to fill an arena. Do you need to waste another superstar like Chris Cyborg on the same card? Or uh-huh. can you save her for a different card? Because you never know when Jose Aldo is going to fight. Right. <laughs> so you can, uh, Chris Cyborg will fill an arena. <laughs> so, I don't know. All I've got to say with that is that when talking shit to the queen of clubs, you might get clubbed. And that's what I'm going to leave it with. So... We had a fight this weekend that was absolutely amazing. There's also other UFC stuff that we'll get in throughout there, but I feel like it really started with the Stockholm. Um, Just to top it off, another marriage proposal at the end of everything. Did you see those Viking Nordic gods? Like, they would be running the world if it wasn't modern day. He would just be out colonizing and she would be running it down at home. She was 6'3 as well. I thought it was a, I mean, gorgeous woman. Good job. Oh, you didn't, I didn't and, see the marriage proposal. Oh, she she got in there, and it's happened a few times. Um, congratulations, good luck, guys. They already have a kid together, but they're just two both. He was probably pissed when the guy did it last week because he's probably been planning on doing it for months and months. And I think months, it was Andrade. <laughs> Andrade who did it, it last week. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was probably like, oh, you stole my thunder. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly, um, but the post fights we had oh. An amazing weekend. I ended up going 7 out of 12 and you went 8 out of 12, which is a respectable night when there were 6 underdogs that came through, which is a high number of underdogs coming through. Um, what was our Leslie's pick of the week that ended up really cashing? Because we called the bit, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Akhmedov? It was Akhmedov versus uh, the Judo Ashan, Judo Champer, whoever he may be. Um, exactly as we called it. If you can get through that first round... The cardio might not be there. And it was proven the technique was still there for a judo guy, but um, Al-Sahan. But the Russian-style wrestling, the grind, the constant pressure. The homeboy looked like a freaking beast, but that gas tank just failed him within the first 
three to four minutes of that fight. All the throws came really slow. All of, There was some okay striking exchanges. Al-Sahan is going to... People saw how to beat him all of a sudden. So he doesn't look as scary and as intimidating as he would have with all the finishes he had recently had. But this tends to happen to people in the UFC when they come to the UFC. All of a sudden, they don't look like world beaters anymore because they're all world beaters. They're all conquerors. They're all beasts. So that was our biggest underdog. The other underdog that was the biggest that came through was Osmir versus f fucking... Who's the goddamn... Mirkov, Mishirkinov. God damn it. That ruined my night. That, that ruined every parlay. I didn't so make did a Helen. little, but my little, I had him on every single one every of those cards. Card. So anything that I had that cashed still had that bomb Ugh. on it, and I still pulled cash. So nice. I was like, imagine if he would have come through. Yeah, he I, was on all oh of my, my cards. Oh, my goodness. I did too. I, he was the one I put on everything, so that did hurt me a little bit, but the rest of the picks were so solid. Well, I do. Held also got me a bit. I had a little more faith in Held. He was a 4-1 to favorite, and he, he started off the night. He had a jumping knee. He was rolling for an Imanari roll and caught... Uh, uh, the dude saw, the, saw it coming and threw a quick front knee, and it landed beautifully. He deserved that. He was losing that fight, or Held was winning that fight. Um... Who is it? Hadzvi I didn't put him on a lot of cards because I made uh, a rule a long time ago uh -huh. where the first fight of the night does not go on my card. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good rule. It's just, I, I feel like that. it's I'm a rule of thumb. Don't put the first one, because neither guys is ever worth the top money. That They always have a huge underdog like that. And I'm like, has a guy like held proven himself to be worth 9000 or anything above that? Yeah. No way. No way, no day. So that first fight is always too sketchy it could always go either way or make it into like the third round where you're like oh no yeah this turned sour all of a sudden um there was the till fight happened that turned into a boring decision till just picked him apart but didn't really look for the finish when he hurt him a bunch of times it was an okay showing he should have been able to finish him long before that the bigger upset as well was misoki versus Voil Voilkovich, whoever, whatever. So, I did not put Masoke on anything. I had Masoke on a few, and he was winning that fight. The first two rounds, he was winning striking, keeping the uh, fight standing, but um, I it was a knee. He was on wobbly legs. They kept showing the gif of My it. My big underdog that I had on every card was Trevor Smith. So you switched my mind I put As him on everything because he was so inexpensive and he really he did come came through. through. And I switched my picks and he saved. But some he looked of my like picks. a different man. He looked like a different man at weigh-ins, like having the beard off. Yep, that was. He did look like a much younger man. Exactly as we thought, Chris Camozzi doesn't have the best thing down the fence and can just be put on his back. And that's all Trevor Smith did for three rounds was put him on his back. That was it. Um, but that did win him the fight. Then we had Madadi versus Silva. As we called it, that was a split decision. We called that it wasn't a two-to-one, and this played yeah. exactly as we said. The wrestling played a big role. Gassing played a big role. Um, the split should have gone to Silva's way, but I think that was just a spot-on call for the both of us. It, and Silva's an up-and-comer. Silva's one to watch. Agreed. If he can get... The, the problem with a lot of the Brazilian fighters, I feel... The, and I know you can say the Jose Aldo because he did carry his belt forever and he uh -huh. pretty much stayed at the same gym. But I think the traveling fighter is becoming the new, you know, where you're absorbing from your gym. Imagine Jose yep. Aldo at a couple different gyms. But I guess he does go to... Um, Within Brazil. Wink. 
too? No. No, 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 no. Never. No, he no, just no, stays yeah. with Yeah, I'm pretty his... sure it's just Novinyao, but... Oh, but that is one of the better... Yeah, it was a premiere, there. especially for the lighter guys back in the day. It did have Henan Barao, who's fallen off a bit, but there's been other guys that have come through, Unyao and girls, that have since left, though, and gone to, like, top team and stuff. Yes. A lot of those girls have had falling outs with Unyao because the guys are a little more loyal and the girls are like, oh... You only have one other lady here. I need to go somewhere where there's more women. Competition, competition. Right, right. So, Munoz getting a decision over Stasiak. Munoz was almost like a 6-1 to one favorite. And Stasiak looked good for that loss. Good. That's something to remember just for further on. Munoz is going to keep going. Stasiak, though, is not going to be an easy fight. People are going to be like, oh, he has two losses in a row. I think he deserves st a, still a career in the UFC because he looked good for I that just, loss. This is something I think to also keep in your head for future bouts of anything. If you see a Polish fighter, he's usually going to, or she, yep. is going to be worth their coin on DraftKings. Ooh. No matter, they lay a lot of punches, yep. it's a lot of the Muay Thai, they're also like proficient in grappling, they're very well-rounded. I thought he looked good. He did I, look and, really You know, I good. missed a lot of his... Uh, embedded, and I wish I would have seen it. I think it would have changed my mind. I, I ended, you know, I got it right, but uh -huh. I just, I would have been okay with the pick had I had changed it to him. Right, 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 right. Then we had a TKO by Hermanson over Nicholas, um, or Nicholson. I had Nicholson in that, and that was a complete domination. It was how to beat Nicholson, take him right down and ground and pound. That's all it was. I mean, it was incredibly and fast. And everywhere. That was a good call. He definitely stacked up I a lot of I had it in the medium 400-point range with Serkinov. Oh, match. man. That was a big, big upset. And I feel like he already has an opponent. Um, that guy already has an opponent. Uh, Manoa. Man, Jimmy Manoa. What a big fuck. That dude's got a set of balls on him because he looks like the goddamn Crypt Keeper. And, or like a Crypt Keeper, not maybe that necessarily guy. But he... Nobody's taking Shirkin off as a, oh, I'll take that fight. Nobody. Who's taking the number five guy? And then all of a sudden, goddamn, good on you. Uh, we go to the other fight. We had Taleb decision over Encamp. I don't like Jimmy Manoa. I think he's overrated. I don't think that you're necessarily too off on that. I think that they he hasn't had the competition or level of people that a lot of other people have got had to go through that weight class to already be as far as he is in the weight class. But it is a, a very uh, low weight class, or it's a straggling weight class for the division. They're trying to bring in talent. They just brought in Go Kanzaki. Did you hear about this in yeah. the UFC? The 205-er that... Has, has is amazing, but it has zero ground game. Oh, and one in you in MMA. He has an MMA career. Oh, and one, and he came into the UFC. Yeah, he has over eighty fights and glory and all that good stuff. So that's how bad they're hurting in this division. That you can have two, three fights and be title contender against John Jones, arguably the best of all time. Or Roy so Nelson weird. at Bellator. He moved there too. That was up. I love it because Roy's been talking about the money thing and for a long time. And the number one reason he said he did it is his standard of living. Like yeah. He needs more money. Yeah. He need more money, bye. Oh. Um, here's just weird conspiracy theory that I just noticed. I was watching like McGregor's best knockouts. <laughs> uh, -huh. uh. McGregor on his fight with Jose Aldo. Yeah, yeah. He was already sponsored by Reebok before Reebok was in the UFC. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, huh. I who? know that right before he even talked about um, 
fighting Mayweather literally the day before he announced, I'll take a fight with him. He had showed his boxing shoes that were custom McGregor's that he was going to wear out to the gym. Don't think Reebok said, hey, promote these for us. We'll give you X amount. Like, I could see where it's lined up after the fact. You're like, oh, I see why you made that move then. Or I see why every single one of the fights that you want to happen happens in all the places you want them to happen. And you have more promotion than any other fighter. Now, even with all that, even if he is getting that, I do believe that he's made it happen for himself. He's it didn't a just superstar, fall. He, yeah. He did, it didn't just fall in his lap. Like, he's created it. And he's made those deals and shook those hands and done what he's had to do I agree. to get there. Yeah. So, he, it's, it's good for him. And other people are taking note. But it's getting a little... There's a little too much. Like, there's... People doing stupid, stupid stuff. I was watching him on an interview, and uh, he's like, I predict a second-round knockout if he fights Floyd, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Somebody's... Jesus. Magic Mike. The reporter says, have you ever predicted your fights before? Oh, 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 oh. (gasps) Mystic Mac! You ever heard of the Mystic Mac? You just do zero research about the person that's going to come into your room? That's so disrespectful. Especially (laughs) the most famous guy in a field. You you have the Jack Nicholson of... And they know the it. MMA. He's big enough. He's crossing into the those weird realms, is he not? I think so. I think I so. I think he's into pop culture. He's one of the... He's going to be on a Trivial Pursuit card. He's one of the, the funk art toys. Connor's the first MMA fighter on the funk art toys. The pop... Well, I can't think of those... Kid little, Robot? Mm, oh, I know what you're talking about. Those little fighters... No, they're not fighters. They're like little bears and little you. You used to have to, a bunch kid of kid robot. Toys. Those little blind box toys. Blind box toys. It's one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's only him. Well, I think there's Rousey now, but he was the initially the the first one that got his own limited thing. They only do him and Rousey, I believe. Um, but those are next level type transcending superstars in the sport for sure. Back to the post fight card real quick. We ended up so uh, Sabata. Fin- or we called, sorry, we had Taleb decision, then we called um, Akhmedov decision. It was a split decision over Al-Sahan, and the wrestling took over, as we said before. Then we had Sabata over Saunders. Sabata's striking looked crisp as Sabata's shit. one to watch. Crisp as shit. He looked Put it good. In your brain. Uh, 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 and going uh, uh, against uh, a guy like Ben Saunders, not easy. Eddie Bravo disciple... Didn't matter. There was Sabata took two body shots that hurt him that he poker faced it out and he just was like, Ooh, that hurt, I'm gonna get at you. I loved everything I saw from Sabata. That is somebody that I can't take lightly at all. But everyone else noticed that I mean, getting through Red Saunders the way he did, people are gonna are making he's making a name for himself and people are noticing. Then we had Cherknov, the main event, it went into the fifth round, Alexander Gustafsson Laning that uppercut from the first round to the fifth round. That uppercut was there for him. It was a very Dutch style of uh, punch. The Dutch in boxing and in kickboxing have a Dutch... It's where they pull the hands down. Alistair Overeem does it nonstop. Steven Steven Stroop does it. You pull the hands down with your left hand and you shoot or you an uppercut or a straight punch as you're putting that hand down. And... He did it three times in a row. And then that overhand right, that fin- that gift that was everywhere of the post fight. Um, Teixeira never gave up it's one the, time. 
A straight punch beats a looping punch every time. That's what you saw big time in this fight. We did, and that's a very good point, and that's going to play into our breakdown later on in a bit here, but um, there's a couple fights. Ooh, there's a, it's a fun weekend for sure. All we right. both picked Gustafson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, never. we both did. Yep. So, any other UFC talk before we get into our breakdown? I guess we go right from the post to the... If GSP loses his fight... He'll retire. That, I don't like that. I don't like that either. I th- I say, you show me somebody retiring or already talking about it, I'll show you somebody who doesn't want to win. Or somebody who doesn't want to be in there. It's just weird to even come out and say that you want to even be in the scene again just to talk about retirement already. You haven't even debuted back. How are you already talking about retiring? And saying that only if you lose, it's just like, don't even come in because your head's not in the right state of mind. Uh-huh. Like... You're not Ooh, where you should be. Exactly. I feel like when That's you step not a good into the octagon, you have to be in a place that you're going to beat anyone who's in there with you. You can't, well, this is my last fight. Good luck to me. I you totally agree. You can't be in this ho-hum attitude. Uh, Cruz and Anik Stan are going to be the commentators at UFC 212. I like that. I, I love like that, that, that trio. They do really good commentary. I like, I like that panel a lot. Um, who's your favorite out of those three? Hmm. I like Cruz. Of course. I'm, I'm in that same boat. But I really admire John Anik. I really think I like that John he, Anik. he's there a has professional. To be he's the, a professional. Everybody can't be the breakdown or everyone's talking over each other. Yeah, John, there has to be the guy that's the company guy that says the commercials and his voice sounds nice. He doesn't step on toes. He makes good points about the, um, you know, just some little tidbit or fact on the side, like he has a sheet of facts on each fighter. He, why the other guys are talking about what's going on in the octagon. He talks about random shit that happens to them outside the octagon. Which like, I like because yeah, it, it is fun to know it about made, that. The more invested you are in each fighter, the more interesting the fight. Who was the third on that panel? Uh, Brian Stan. Stan. I, I'm a fan of Brian Stan as well. I All three of them, professionals, consummate professionals. Actually, I might say I like Brian Stan's commentary a bit more. I think he has... Uh, a more relaxed tone when he breaks down fights where I think that sometimes Cruz can get into it, which I love, 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 but sometimes I'm just like, oh, just admire it. I think Brian, you, I'm switching that. I'm going to go Brian Stane. Also, Vela Marine. I'm just throwing that up. Mexican versus Marine on that one. That's rough. I don't know where, where um, I'm going to go with You Marine. know, I really <laughs> like Dan Hardy. I really like the panel that was on this UFC fight card that we just had, the UFC 109. Yeah, I like them as well. I thought I they did a the really good panel. job. I like Whoever his homeboy was was yeah. doing a really good job, too. I think they have good chemistry. Agreed. Uh, what about GDR? That is the number one amount of fucking bullshit that you could ever do. That's number one bullshit. Ever. That is, may I quote Lesbo and the Bean? The soft lady, you do not deserve the title, the iron lady. If you are not willing to fight somebody like Cyborg in her weight division, like, it's bullshit. She's coming out and saying, oh, because she's a known cheater, I'm not going to fight her. She's paid her price, and she's getting tested now. And Until she fucks up again, she's clean because she's passed enough tests as we believe it. And I just absolutely hate that kind of stuff, and that only makes the sport look bad. And it makes women's MMA look bad. If you were in the 205 division, do you think Daniel Cormier is the best 205-er ever? Or do you think it's John Jones? John Jones. Yeah. And 
if you were in the 205 and you got to a point in your career that you considered yourself the best ever, who do you need to fight to cement that legacy? No, cyborg. Win or lose. You have to you fight. You have to. Win or lose. You have to fight Vitor Belfort. You have to fight Jose Aldo. You have to fight. These are all people that have been busted for shit and still come back and being legacy fighters. Uh-huh. Like, I, it has to happen. They have to give her a break here. Like, she's being tested like everybody else. Yeah. Give Cyborg a fucking break. If you want to wear that belt around, you have to fight the best. Yes. And that's why I love the Megan Anderson Cyborg fight. Because Megan Anderson's like, yeah, I'll fight Cyborg. I don't give a fuck. I love that. I love it. Exactly. I don't want And you want a, a money camp. fight? You want a money fight. How many of the belt holders want a money fight? Cyborg is a money fight and the best. I agree. The only thing is, you might go unconscious, but guess what? You're in the fight game. Like, don't ever think you're Look never going to be Look at Leslie Smith. She didn't... She she pretty much knew she wasn't going to win when she got in the ring with Cyborg. She still got in the ring, yep. and now look at... And that was early fights. fucking stoppage. Everybody knows. Early. Everybody knows Everybody that. Everybody talks about it. But, <laughs> I, but she still has fights, and people respect her because yes. of that. And when you look at her win-loss record, and you see that L... And even if you're Leslie Smith, and you're like, I don't want an L. Fuck right. it. You go in there, and when somebody scrolls over your win-loss record, and it comes up, oh... That's Chris Cyborg. But exactly. Oh, everybody <laughs> was losing. Exactly. Yeah, no one would. No one's gonna hold you count. Oh. Exactly. They lost to Chris Cyborg. So GDR, that's bullshit. I Speaking agree. of though, this is where it rolls into this conversation where maybe everything changes. Mm-hmm. You were saying something about the weight classes. So the new brass over at the UFC has started to lay out plans like the reality Tuesday shows that they're going to be doing the fight offs for contracts and stuff. They're also going to be implementing weight divisions where it's going to go every 10 pounds. Somebody's been listening to look by the beat. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. It all can, the 10 pounds, they're going to have a 245 and then a 260 division. So I think that's my, where the break might be. Um, it's going to open up so many more belts, so many more you divisions. You get rid of the interims. I think they still are going to keep the interims because it's the it good poster. It makes everything a little it, more exactly. interesting. Exactly. It makes it all a little more interesting. We have the interim fight coming up between Whitaker and uh, Yoel Romero. And I was listening to Yoel talk about it. Like, it doesn't matter. The belt does mean something. And I, have, I don't think he said I am getting a paycheck. But we all know... Even interim or not, you're getting that belt money paycheck. You're getting that pay-per-view. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. So it does matter. As much as the people say paper belt or not, the contract's the real thing that matters there. And you're getting a share of that paper you buy by being the interim belt. Your Romero is educated enough to know that. Um, Did you know your Romero's dad boxed until he was 38 years old in Cuba? No. Professional boxer until 38. So he's 40, just turned 40. But he's saying his dad's been a professional boxer for a long time. And winner like Yoel Romero, I dig his character in the UFC. It's like an iron sheik in ways. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a foreigner that's just like arch emesis, but yeah, he still just says adversary. crazy quotes. <laughs> yeah, he does have a good interview. He does have a good interview. He's incredibly religious. Bisbing! <laughs> Bisbing! Did you see, speaking of Michael Bisbing, his son... Him and his son, his son's wrestling in California, which has been a good state for wrestling for a while now. Um, wrestling a grown man in their yard and tapping him a few times over. And Bisbing's son is a tall son bitch. He's a tall drink of water, as some might say. I think he's a gingerish. But I know in the state he's uh, known to be um, dangerous. So interesting if he ends up taking his old dad's route. 
I don't, and Michael Bisping doesn't seem like a father that would deter his kid from fighting. Like some fighters would yeah, not want no. their kids to fight. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think if anything, his he his dad was like, I don't care. Michael Bisping's dad's like, I don't care. You're wrestling kids. Like, as soon as he got in the UFC, he's like, oh shit, my kids are going to wrestling school. If we go to the States, they're wrestling if they even want to talk about sports, just because it's such a good fundamental thing to have, core, all that good stuff. Just teaches you really good, strict beliefs. All right. So, quick last MMA talk. Have you heard of this Momo, 12-year-old phenom out of Asia? The chick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Everyone's giving this girl all the credit in the world. I want to say, show me the fucking 24-year-old. What's her record? Because it's garbage, whatever it is. She's a garbage fighter. I don't like to say people are garbage, but you live in a 12-year-old and you're 24. I'm sorry, girl. You got to pick a different life path. You can't be fighting MMA no more. You need to do something else. You, you, you just don't have time. Years. Exactly. You just don't have time to get to where you need to be. Exactly. Um, whether or not they should allow her to fight or not, that's on the country's matter or whatever. If it's online... I don't want to see anyone get beat up, um, and I don't. I wouldn't ever put a kid that I knew in that situation. But hey, it worked out for her this time. Um, hopefully, she keeps getting away from it because it's a sport that will ruin your life real quick if you take one bad turn and one bad something. And hopefully, people around her realize that. And she got to win. So what? What am I complaining about? <laughs> <laughs> so we have. A card this weekend that is top notch. I mean, we just came off of a great Sunday. I feel like the weeks come a little bit quicker because it was a Sunday to a Saturday on the fight night. But we have two twelve out of is it Sao Paulo, Brazil? It's out of Brazil or Rio? Is it Rio? I, I think will. it's Rio, Brazil. Rio de Janeiro. So this is gonna be typically loaded with Brazilian fighters whenever they go down there. It's usually Brazil versus the world. And I feel like that's exactly what's happening. It's Brazil's like their own American top team. Of the fighters. country itself. Yeah. They sponsor state sponsored Brazil MMA. versus American top team should be a <laughs> house. They're all Brazilian. Most house. of them are Brazilians anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so starting off the night at the 155 pound division, we have Marco Antonio Beltran versus... Debuter Devinius Alcantara. We just had Beltran lose to Joe Soto um, in the first round in a heel hook. Soto called out Beltran, and Beltran was like, cool, I'll take that fight. He was just on a three-fight win streak, mainly decisions, and he he showed Soto showed why he wanted that Beltran fight because on the ground, Beltran has always been lacking, and Soto thought that specifically in the leg attacks or defending for Beltran was going to play a role, and it did. So everyone's probably taking a role in that and realizing that, and I watched some tape on Alcantara. He can get the fight to the ground. He does gas. Everybody gasses. I do think that Beltran can impose his um, will and start to really put the pressure on Alcantara. It is his debut fight. They are out of Brazil. That is going to play, I feel like, for Alcantara a little bit more. I think the holes are lacking just enough for Beltran that I'm going to end up giving this submission. I just saw the 
fluidity of how Alcantara went for the submissions when he needed to, and his striking wasn't that bad. Size is going to be a little bit of a factor, but I do think Alcantara is going to come away with a submission, and I do think it's going to be to the legs again, some sort of heel hook, knee bar type of situation, and that's Beltran's been able to really study that, but I haven't heard the case that he's that he necessarily has. I could be wrong. I hope so, because I like Beltran. I like his whole persona since the show. But I'm giving it to the debuter, and he is a minus 170 favorite for the debuter against a veteran that's already had five fights in the UFC, plus a show under his belt in Beltran. Stay away from this card on DraftKings. Stay away from it. It's the first fight of the night. Goes with my rule. Good call. I think Alcantara, you could, he's so expensive on DraftKings, which is kind of crazy. I agree. For a, for a debut, debut fighter. fighter. Who is number 14th in Brazil. He's not number one in Brazil. He's not number five in Brazil. Right. He's 14th in Brazil. And the submission is an easy pull because you saw this weird heel hook happen last time. I'm not a huge Joe Soto fan, but Joe Soto's still a UFC caliber fighter. Yeah, I agree with that. Alcantara had one submission and a whole bunch of knockouts. So I, and the guy he had a submission was a 3-2 fight. Like he had not fought very much beforehand. So I'm going to go with just Beltran's. I think I don't think it's going to be an exciting fight. And yep. I think just what you said, I think he's just going to wear him out and it's going to be a three-round decision. I have three-round decision Beltran. I will not put him on a card. <laughs> so I'm, that being said, I will not put him on a card. That's a good call. I could totally see, and it's totally... This is the other thing that yeah. worries me, though, that I... This is where I will switch it in a second. Uh -huh. This is a 125-pound fight. Beltran's last fight was at 135. It could be an ugly-ass weight cut for him. Down in Brazil, tall. it's humid, it's nasty. We also know something about the Rio um, arena. If he does have a hard weight cut going in, it's going to be 130 degrees in there. It's hot in that arena. Every time they fight in Brazil, it is brutal. It is true. These are all very, very good points. And coming out of the Jungle Fight series and all of those fights, Alcantara is more apt to being used to the climate in those arenas. But we will see, and it's a very But good if Beltran point. makes 25, he's going to be the far bigger man with far more experience. So I think watch that weight cut, or watch the weigh-ins. I think that's what yeah. this is going to go down to. Valid point that you're making that... We only see how hot it is inside the arena when we're in Brazil. When we're anywhere else in the world, no one, everyone has fucking climate control. Not Brazil, everyone's got fans on them. The fighters are fucking already it's the, five pounds lighter because of yeah. just walking to the ring. It is a very, we do. And this is the other thing that. that happens. They had a hard weight cut. They get all the fluid back in their brain, and now they're in a 125-degree arena uh -huh. sweating their ass off, which makes for very quick, easy knockouts. We see it happen all the time where the weirdest guys get clipped down there, yep. and it's like, whoa, shit. And the Brazilian fighters seem to have better chins because they're climatized, and they're working out in gyms that are as hot as the arena. So it's a whole different ball game than the plush American gyms where they're all air conditioned and dreamy. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. It's just not something they're prepping for. Also, I like that Brazil. I don't know if it's just me. I just, it might just be me, but it could be everybody else. Then notices. Usually they have multiple ring girls. They don't just have like the three. They have like 20 Brazilian chicks that do the cards all through the night and are just on TV. Like they come in, with a group, and I love me some Brazilian girls. You know I love me that Brazilian, what's that Weezer song? Love me that damn. Have <laughs> Japanese girls. Have Japanese in Brazil. <laughs> so, 
other thing to pay attention to, just the ring card girls, in case you get bored. Moving on to the next fight at 170 pounds, we have Luna Chagas versus Jim Wallhead. This is another Brazilian versus the European Wallhead. Wallhead is his second fight in the UFC. He lost a decision, his last fight, about, what was it, eight months ago against Ari... The guy who just fought this last weekend who lost the decision himself. Um, Chagas is coming off of a loss. And then previous to that, he had a no contest split decision over uh, Sergio Marias, which is top caliber fighter. But he lost his submission his last fight to Eric Silva, which Eric Silva's later on on this night. But I would just always say that poster boy other than Vito Belford for USADA, Eric Silva has suffered the most as far as looking like a completely different person. Gas tank's gone horribly down. Chagas losing to Silva in that state didn't make Chagas look that good to me in his last fight. He, he definitely scared me off. His striking's good, but he gasses so hard. He does it in every fight. Um, Wallhead is a bit more of a grinder. Wallhead is a tough European fighter. Kickboxing's alright, take down the fence is a little lacking. Sub game is more defensive than offensive than anything. He can just get out of stuff. He's not really gonna put anyone in danger. Um but there's nothing he's a no master of anything, if not lacking in a couple areas, Wallhead. Um but Chagas, his gas tank is so bad that Wallhead could just not allow the takedown to happen and win a three-round split decision by keeping the fight standing. They are in Brazil, and the crowd tends to get behind Brazilian fighters, so even if Chagas gasses and is only throwing one or two punches, the crowd will yell for every punch Chagas throws. And Wallhead could throw five and not get anything. So this, I would also recommend stay completely away from. I'm going to have Chagas' decision because I think the crowd and just the arena might get to him. It would help him out more. Um, but this is a stay away all day. And I am picking the favorite in this. Um, he is the minus two 25 favorite and that's a lot more than I thought I thought this would be closer to a split decision fight I agree I actually have the other way on this and I think it's going to be a finish from Wallhead his last fight I was impressed with him um Chaga's a win to me over Eric Silva is not impressive (laughs) good call exactly well so a loss to me and then when I look at his fights and um he has the draw but but I like Marias and I think Marias is up and coming so the draw and that isn't um, bad to me so I'm like a year and five months ago he won by a submission the one thing I remember about Wallhead um I can't think of like 10 guys in the UFC with more heart than that guy he was gritty he had tons of heart and a guy with a lot of heart will always beat a guy with shitty cardio and the other thing I remember about Jim Wallhead he had power all the way into round three so for me I actually have Wallhead right now KO round three because I think Chagas as you were saying shitty 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 cardio I think when I think Chagas or Wallhead has enough power It'll make Chagas give up. And I think we're going to see a ground and pound give up kind of knockout. I like it. I I mean, this is really a card throughout the night you're going to see. I've gone back and forth in a lot of these. And this is why I finally come to the... It's a tough night of fights to pick. And I could change some of them on air as we get closer to the top. I totally agree. I'm not cemented in stone with any of these. You could tell me one thing. You could be like, I talked to Evil Twin, and he said, um, that guy doesn't like to fight on Saturdays. And I'll be like, oh, Oh, shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on to the next fight, we have a strawweight bout with 
Vienna Pereira Pereira Pereira, Pereira versus Jamie Moyle. This is 115ers. We have Pereira. Am I pronouncing that right? What's her nickname? Uh, Sukan. Vivian Pereira. Pereira is 12-0 and 0 versus Moyle, who's 4-1. and 1. And I believe the other loss, interesting, they only have her as a one loss. She lost the decision on the show, but that's because they count those exhibitions. Yeah. That's why it's showing that. Um, and who did she lose to? Amanda Bobby Cooper. ABC. I love me some Bobby Cooper. I know, but I kind of feel about, like, you lost to Amanda Bobby Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bobby Cooper's getting a little bit better, better but um, the 12-0. and 0, She's not even in the UFC anymore, is she? She's an Invicta, right? I think you might be completely right on that, actually. That's a good call. So, Moyle has a little bit more of the USC experience. Pereira's only won against Valerie Letourneau in a split decision, which I feel like Valerie Letourneau loses every split decision she's in. But she's in a lot of split decisions. Like, she's synonymous with them. I do remember uh, the Letourneau fight. It was just a lot of good boxing moving forward. Oh, good takedown defense. I think Moyle wants to get the fight to the ground. And I think Pereira can prevent it. And even if she gets there, she has a better ground game. But I do think that this is just going to end up being a decision. These fights, I feel like these fights can get a little bit stale for me. Just because not the inexperience. Women get into stalemates at times on the ground. And will stay in that position instead of moving forward. And I don't. And I, it's because they're both such good caliber. Um that it just hasn't I, there. I think you're, it's not the inexperience, but it's like as they go toward the latter rounds, they don't have the training yet to stay with form. They get sloppy. It gets to be redundant where it's like you start out on it in the uh-huh. first round, second round, you start checking your phone, third round, you're totally talking, and then you're like, oh shit, they're about to pick the winner in the decision. Exactly. <laughs> and... Um, this will be the first fight we agree with tonight. I have Pereira decision. I think she just has a little more skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, if Moyle were at a better gym this time, I might be willing to go with her. But I remember that Valerie Letourneau fight being the best Valerie Letourneau I ever seen. I remember Valerie coming out and looking a little better than. I do feel like Letourneau won that. Fight. It was a little scrap, so I just think that Letourneau fight is a little more experienced than anyone Jamie Moyle's been in with. And I think Letourneau has an okay um, ground game. And I think Pereira showed a good takedown defense in it. So I agree with you on this fight. And we can move on to the next Scroll it on up. And these fights are going to be on FX. These aren't on FS1 or anything. They're going to do FX right into the pay-per-view, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on to the next fight, at 135 pounds, we have... uh, Are we fight passing? There's a fight pass, then FX, then pay-per-view, or just FX and pay-per-view? I think it is two fights or something, one or two fights, where I'm like, why not give me four? Or all of anything that's going to be on Fox at all, give me on my fight pass. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. You can in some countries. Why not America? Why do we get royally screwed every time? Why does it piss me off so bad when it says your code, area code isn't, or your area isn't allowed? And I'm like, so you allowed another area not here? Exactly. You're blackout. You're letting me know that? It infuriates me that much more. Damn you, UFC bastards. Force me to have to go on Cody. (laughs) You force me. (laughs) See what you made me do. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yuri Alcantara versus Brian Keller. I feel mm -hmm. like this is another fight that we're going to end up picking even... We're going to be on the same page. I feel like Keller is definitely a big underdog for a reason. It's his debut and they're throwing him to the Wolves. I feel like Alcantara is a top 10 fighter, easy in the division. I agree. And to get a debut fight, um, I don't know if he came in short notice. I... I don't know much about Keller. I wasn't able to find too much. This on should him, be honestly. a four to one favorite to me. I feel number not even the number one guy in Pennsylvania. <laughs> that doesn't make any against a guy that I think could battle some of the top ten contenders in the weight class. This is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. And so it's his debut to, going to Brazil as well to fight. I don't know this other Keller's. And do you hear a ton much. of tons coming out of pencil or team bomb squad? Are you like, I don't know anybody. There's else. guys rolling out of team. Nobody else. And Alcantara is at your favorite gym fighting in his home country. Exactly. And I'm seeing a mixed record of submissions, TKOs for Keller and stuff. But Alcantara is beating or losing to only top five guys, only top ten guys. I just feel like this is UFC giving a Brazilian fighter or win, like, they're helping out the fans, so in case the they're other They're amping up go, the fights. Uh-huh, exactly. They're, they know that a finish is going to come. They know that it's going to get amped up, and um, they're feeding Keller, I think, to the Wolves. And I might, I might be wrong about this. I also believe Brian Keller's on short notice. Is That's this the short notice fight? Well. That's what I was thinking, that this was a short notice. So it's admirable for Keller, he's going to go in there and probably give it his all. He'll probably make it a fun it's fight. It's not a bad loss to have on your record. Alcantara in your debut, no. He's going to get a second In Brazil? Fight. Right. So. Right, right, right. Alcantara. If, if you can survive the Brazilian fans as the out-of-town mm -hmm. person, that is, you can fight in any room in the world. How do you feel about, I love when... American fighters are going over there and flipping off the crowd. Matt Brown. <laughs> Kevin Lee. There's been a couple people that have done now turning their backs to the crowds and then they get louder, more publicity. But the UFC has said to these people after that, even with Lee, they're like, now we have to have security with you until you go. You got to get out of here as soon as you get out because we got some flavellas around here where homeboys are willing to catch a body on that. Vote it back. They don't give yeah, a damn. Some of the cities in Brazil are some of the most dangerous yeah, in the world. They, they talk shit about Brazil. They, they're crazy on a different level. Well, they catch a body on that. And it's just interesting. But I hope a couple Americans do do that. I hope they turn heel and they're just like, oh, give me something to yell at. Yeah. It'll and, be fun. It, we'll, see, we'll see who we, I think it'll be. Our, of this fight, you have yeah, Alcantara decision? I, decision. If not, I'm going to move that to a finish. And I can see it going either way. I just have decision, but I think it's going to end up going submission round two, round one. I have Alcantara submission while they're dry. Round one. He's going to submit him quick. I think the other guy is going to take shots that he's not comfortable with. I think he's going to go into what he knows best, which is going to tend to try to take down Alcantara. And I think Alcantara is going to outmaneuver him on the ground and submit him wide. They are dry. Moving on. I'm putting him on a lot of my cards. I feel like that's a good call as well. I'm going to end up putting him on quite a few cards as well. I, I see a lot of upside to Alcantara in that spot, and he should be a bigger favorite where a lot of people are kind of going the other way. Moving on to the next fight at 135 pounds, we have Juani Eduardo versus Matthew Lopez. Matthew Lopez is 9-1 with his only loss in the UFC to uh, Hani Yaya. 
via submission choke triangle. And if you know Honey, all he is is a ground guy. So to lose to him on the ground isn't that that horrible. Uh, Lopez has come back and beat a decision versus Mitch Gagnon. So this is his best, highest caliber fighter that Lopez has fought in his career. And he came through and won a gritty fight against Mitch Gagnon. Gagnon was almost three years away from the sport and in his mid-30s. So I know Gagnon left on a really high point, but he was injured for so long and had so much ring rust that I think that that win, even though Matthew Lopez deserves it 100%, you can't be putting too much weight into that, guys. I've had Evil Twin and other people really being that um, Lopez's marquee win is Mitch Gagnon and Matt Gagnon being a top 10 guy. Gagnon was not the Mitch Gagnon that left two years, six months prior to that fight. Um, Lopez is grinding, good boxing, good all around, master of none, jack of all trades, master of none, is a perfect um, style for Lopez. Johnny Eduardo has had a long career in general. He is 26 and 10 in his fight career. He has come off one of the biggest upsets, I think in 2014, 2000, I think it was then, versus Eddie Wineland, when he knocked him out one punch, and he was like a 8-1, to 7-1 underdog. Nobody saw that happening. He then lost a submission guillotine choke a year, five months ago, to Aljamain Sterling, and then has come off a recent win uh, to Manny Gamburian via TKO six months ago. I mean, oh. Manny Gamburian isn't the biggest win in the world at this point in his career, so that's hard to tell. And the Aljamain Sterling fight, he Eduardo was getting pieced apart, but Sterling's been underwhelming but still a top caliber fighter i feel like eduardo's been living off of the laurels of that eddie wineland knockout um i believe that eduardo is at a novo now and there's a big novo now contention in this because they are out of brazil and jose aldo being on the pay-per-view you know he's been practicing with the world's best at 145 pounds um and eduardo's gonna be looking good it's gonna be lopez's first fight out of the country that might affect it. I think the ring might affect it a bit, but the wrestling mentality goes to Lopez. Um, I think there's a coin flip of a fight. The underdog, I'm going with the underdog in a decision with Eduardo. I just think Eduardo is gonna, he's not as good a wrestler, but I think he can keep it standing long enough to win two out of the three rounds. And if it gets to any kind of close decision with Brazilian judges and a Brazilian fighter, exactly what tends to happen? I agree with you. I don't think Lopez is chinny. I don't think he's going to get knocked out. I think it's, but I do think that Eduardo lands heavy punches and it is going to change the game plan of Lopez. So Lopez is going to go for those constant takedowns. Take yeah. Any of the guys that he's beat, the submissions that he's gotten, the guys didn't have a lot of fights. And this is his highest caliber fighting, fighting in a hot arena, fighting in another country. So um, this guy's been warming up with Jose Aldo the whole time for Jose Aldo ready to fight Max Holloway. Exactly. What else do you need for that? So Eduardo decision, he's going to have the cardio for it. I don't think it's going to be a knockout, though. If he's too expensive, I will probably stay away from him Yeah, altogether. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. That is going to be a fun fight, though. I think that's going to be fireworks. It's going to be a split decision, but if it's any kind of split, that's going to go to Eduardo due to the fans just being that the, the 
extra man in there, the extra push that the judges are going to need in their ear. And Brazilian judges seem to tend to do that. Their ears are there. Um, they get overwhelmed by the crowds a lot of the time, and you can see it with their funky cards at times. Moving on to the next fight at 185 pounds, we have Antonio Cara de Zapato, Carlos Jr. versus Eric Spicely. This is a very interesting matchup. Stylistically, this is a wrestler with minimal striking in Eric Spicely versus Carlos Jr., who is a better striker, but ground game laurels out the ass. I mean, his ground game is where he's made his career in jiu-jitsu coming out of Brazil. He's definitely going to be the local favorite. He's on a two-fight win streak, and Carlos... Uh, junior. He last beat Vittatori, the Italian fighter who was known to just be somewhat of a wrestler. And then before that, he beat Calarizares, blah, blah, something. And then he previously lost to our boy Dan Kelly. So I don't think that's a wash because I like Dan Kelly. Ex we always go with Dan Kelly. Exactly. But what I would like to say in that Dan Kelly fight that I have always seen is that Carlos Jr. is a good front runner. When he sees adversity, he does tend to fold a bit more. His jiu-jitsu isn't as good, and that's to be said for anybody because when you have another beast on you punching you in the face, of course your technique's gonna go a little out the door. But we have seen Carlos Jr. be held in positions at times um, with Dan Kelly, who is a judo guy, but he's not the best jiu-jitsu guy, and he was still able to do what he wanted to with just great determination. Carlos Jr. completely gassed in that fight. Um, Carlos Jr. does have a ten, uh, tendency to gas, and I think Spicely has a great has a good chin. His striking is lacking. I do think that Carlos Jr. has a bit better of striking. Um, and Eric Spicely does go in for takedowns a lot. Oof. I have Spicely right now. Decision, just because I feel like he can put Carlos in positions up against the fence and win a wrestling match. But Jr.'s submission game is one next thing. fucking level. Let me just ask you one question. Yeah. Who submitted Eric Spicely? And you're going to change your decision right now. It was Sam Alvey in a front choke. I remember that. Yeah. If Sam Alvey it's can good... submit Spicely, for me, Junior is going to submit him in round two. I think I'm moving to a submission. <laughs> Round, I think round two. He's round a fan one. favorite. I could go with round They're two. Setting as well. him up against a guy. Mm -hmm. He's not shabby on his feet. I don't think Spicely is so dangerous that uh, Junior can't take it on his feet. So, is he gonna go to the ground? This is. I even think their number ratings weird. Junior's still a young guy. He is. He he's had a higher level competition. I like. Sp Spike Sleeves, it's his it's that wrestling when I go between the wrestler and the judo or the jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. And it's that Dan Kelly fight that always makes me hesitate on Look at that reach advantage too. Those Antos. Or I mean uh seventy nine inches to seventy three. It is a big discrepancy, but he doesn't use it well. He uses it better but on the I ground. He uses like it better on the ground Maya, than he uses it in striking. That Maya, if you are junior uh -huh. um, and you Should watch that Maya uh, game bread fight, yeah, 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 you learn. That's you, your game plan. Yeah. That's your game plan. That's your bread and butter. Bread and butter. I think you are swaying me over. I do think that shoe face is gonna more than likely end up getting this submission because 
He's a better striker and he's better on the ground. And Spicy's like to go in for takedowns. It's kind of a tailor-made fight where if they want to amp Brazilian fighters, stylistically, this is the when I talked it out. Um, yeah, it makes sense that they're, that this is an easier fight for... But I think the odds reflect that in a minus 225 favorite for Shoeface compared to the plus 195. For, so Spice Lee is an underdog that oh, maybe doesn't have his best a shot now that I'm really thinking about it. Um, fun fight, though. I am excited to see what's going to go on in that fight. Moving on to the next fight, we have a bantamweight bout at 135 pounds. We have Marlon Marias subverse Rafaela Sansao. This is Brazilian on Brazilian crime right here. It's going to get down and dirty. This is the debut for Marlon Marias. Mar Marlon Marias has been the champ over at the WSOF or the new premier whatever league they're going to call it. But um, Marias has been one of those top talents that has been knocking at that door. And everybody said for two, three years now, this guy needs to be in the UFC. And finally, he gets to make his debut at a 29 years old. Against a monster. Proving that they're just not... Like giving him a nobody, they're giving him the hey, you want to be a UFC fighter? Here you go, a top five, top five guy, number four. What is he? Yeah, number four. Number four. Jesus, yeah, active number four. Hafala Sunsau. What do you know that you're getting with Hafala Sunsau when you're fighting? He's a veteran of a fighter, he is great determination, looping punches at the ass, he has a good jab. Cardio is good. His cardio used to be legendary when nobody had good cardio. People of the next level are starting to be off of Sunsau's cardio, but he still is in not. He's never in a fight that's um, slow in any pace. Good grappler, good wrestling. I'd say his wrestling is really underrated. He has really good wrestling transitions on the ground. He can hold his own with anybody. Um, Asuncao's top of the top level. Lost a decision to TJ Dillashaw. Beat Aljermaine Sterling. Beat Brian Caraway. But that was bullshit. I thought Caraway won that fight. But still, this is a level of fighter. Uh, Pedro Munoz beat a decision. Pedro Munoz is not an easy fight for anyone as we see. Lost a split decision. Or won a split decision for TJ Dillashaw. Like Asuncao, top, top caliber. Um, I think that Marias can step up to the occasion. I think he's hungry. He wants that win. Marias comes in with almost uh, an ace in every hole. Like He has looked elite, but it has been at a level that hasn't been able to really test his talents. It's what we do say, what we were saying earlier. When you get to the UFC, you don't look as good as you always do. That might happen because there's a good amount of highlight reels for Marias, but it is a lot of organizations that other people have moved over and done well, but um, a Sunsau is not an easy fucking fight. You have someone who's going to move forward, put you up against the cage, and take you down. Marias. He's strong for the division. Yeah. This is one of the fights I've gone back and forth with the whole time. And I do agree. This is some of the reasons why. Uh -huh. A Sunsau has gone against some of the best of the best when they weren't the best. Uh huh. Like he didn't go against the TJ Dillashaw of today. Right. Not that TJ wasn't great. It was part of his climb to get to where he finally got the belt, but it was just a different TJ style and everything. I might be wrong, but is he a champion? Is he leaving as the champion? He is leaving as the champion. And yep. I also think he's hungry. We've seen our hometown guys do good. A lot of great, great fighters and great, great champions are training out of Florida. He's one of those guys. 
I think they're smart. I think they're next level. I've gone back and forth with this the whole time. I just think a son sells chinny, and I think this kid is strong. I think it's going to be... He has power in his punches. Right now, I have Mariah's KO round two. Wow. I'm going to give respect to a Sun Sal and I can see... favorite I could in see Brazil. a submission accumulate as well for Mariah's um, in the later rounds, but I'm going to go with decision. I'm going to stick a little bit more on the safer side, I feel. For a debut fighter to come in as a minus... 215 against a legend against a sun sound we're not the only ones noticing i like i'm saying marias is good everywhere striking on the fence getting off the fence um you're gonna be treated to a fun 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 fight as he fights out of the armory defense. i've heard a couple other fighters yes. come out of the armory but i can't think of them off the top of my um head but that's the fight on FX that pre that gets you into the pay per view. Does um, Jason Knight fight out of the Armory? I don't know about that. What city? Uh, oh, Jupiter. Jupiter. He's Jupiter. I think Jason Knight's north. Yeah, he is more. Up but there. Jupiter, Florida. I've heard of another couple fighters coming out of the Armory, but I don't know if they were middleweights. I thought they were a bit heavier. It's a big deal. I will say this about this fight: if Marias wins this fight, this is the fight that takes him to the big time. This is the There's fight. There's no way you can It can't. puts him in the I'm name. Getting... It's, it puts his name in talks. It right. puts his name in the talks. Right, right, right. So I think it's definitely interesting in the division. This division is so thick. Yes, it it's is. It's such a it thick is. division. And he's inserted not at the bottom of this division. He's put in right at the top. And the way with the way all the fights are lined up with TJ mm-hmm. and Garbrandt and them not knowing what's going on and Cruz, all of a sudden... A win over a Sun Sal puts Marias right in, in the, the talks top with those four. guys. In the top four, all of a sudden it makes him the fourth after his debut. Or I would love UFC. to see him fight Brian Caraway. Because Caraway used to be fourth. I, I don't know how he fell so I far down you, the rankings. It, I feel like it's his inactiveness for Caraway. His inactiveness. I wonder if that's his decision or theirs. I feel like he has come Caraway has come out and said a few times that he it's not him. They don't call him for fights, but he has a stylistic, not a striker. Gets people to the ground, wins decisions or submits them, doesn't finish people, and he has said that it's people want strikers, so Joe Silva doesn't want to put any good strikers or anybody who's up and coming up against Caraway, and he doesn't want them he doesn't want them to be a champ because they're boring. It's a Ben Askren thing. It's like it's proven over and over again. UFC wants strikers. They hired Gokansaki, who is 0-1 as a professional fighter in the UFC. Why? Because he has over 80. Muay Thai striking matches. So they want strikers. I'm rare to jump on the hype train, but I am for Marion. Yeah. What's his nickname? Let's see. Marlon Marios? No nickname. Yeah. Okay. He don't even need one. (laughs) So we get into the pay-per-view. I am so fucking excited for this fight. I love watching Yancy Merdero's fight. And again in time, win or lose, I'm a Yancy fan. He, we know what we're getting out of Yancy Medeiros. He's fighting Eric Silva at 170 pounds. These guys usually used to fight at 155. They both are up at the 75. They both look better at this division. Uh, Yancy is tall for the 150. He's tall for the 170, let alone the 155. Um, he can take a punch a bit better at this weight class, and that's been kind of his his fault is that he hasn't been able to take the best punch. He is a little bit older. Um, Silva. Oh. 
Eric Silva. We know what we're getting with him. He has no gas tank post-USADA. Body looked like he's uh, Vitor's nephew. <laughs> like He has just, he used to look like a monster. And he puts really butts in the seat in Brazil. That's I, my thoughts on Silva And he's this in point. Brazil. I, USADA ain't in Brazil. So I got to see the weigh-ins for this because... Yeah, if all the Brazilian fighters come out looking ripped... Uh, uh, we might switch a couple of people here and there. And you, everyone's got to pay attention to that. We are in Brazil, ladies and gentlemen. Remember what the hell's going on. Um, this is the fight game. And people are going to Maybe gonna do Friday nights can. after weigh-in, we'll try to get up our card so it gives you enough time to change yours. Uh-huh. Maybe we'll have a uh, Brazilian special highlight where we're like... This person has a Brazilian special. This person has. Yeah, we'll call it the Bra- hashtag Brazilian special. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, it really, we have to look at post-weigh-ins. Yancy Medeiros puts his chin up, but he's willing to strike. His ground game is always good. He's been a Stockton boy, trained with the Diaz brothers. The Diaz boys have always been in Yancy Medeiros' corner, talking about how he's he is Chris... Yancy Medeiros can just put himself in danger because he talks about it. Like, sometimes I'm having so much fun in the fight that I'll leave my hands down and get hit with a punch because I'm just so happy that he's in the ring fighting. It's typical Hawaiian stuff. I absolutely love it. That's what I want to see in my fighters. But he has eaten shots that he didn't have to that have compromised him, that have given up the submission or TKO because um, he's susceptible to some power punches. Poirier put him away. Uh, A... Good guys, though. He, Yancy Medeiros is not losing to lower caliber guys. Francisco Tenaldo in a decision. And uh, Dustin Poirier in a TKO of his last five fights. He's beaten the people like Joe Proctor in a decision. John Modeski in a decision. And he's also beat Sean Spencer in a submission. Which was... A lot of people were surprised with that. Spencer is not too bad of a fighter at all. Um, Silva's last win in his last five were... Chagas, he lost previously to Nordine Taleb in a TKO and to Neil Magny in a split decision. Uh, Neil Magny gassed him, or uh, Silva blew his load in the first round. Neil Magny took a beating and ended up winning a split decision where it should have been a flat-out decision. Eric Silva has had much more uh, longer of a career. They've both been in for a while. Um... I'm going to end up going Yancy Medeiros, TKO round three. But we got to wait after the weigh-ins. How do you feel about this fight? I have Medeiros' decision. I And this isn't really because I'm a huge Yancy Medeiros fan, more so as I'm anti-Eric Silva. I just think he's a guy on the way out. Um, he doesn't excite me in his fights. He doesn't make me feel like, as a gambler, that I want to put a quarter on him you know this is a fight it is i mean it's a coin flip i could go uh, i'm gonna i think i'm gonna stick it out with yancy just because I, I i agree with I'm you a fanboy. i have Medeiros on my cards and i do think it's gonna be i love watching a hawaiian in the ring yep. um and i see the way you see it where at any given time if silva gets clipped i just feel like he's looked chinny in his last few fights he's gotten injured yeah. to the point where you're like oh oh i oh. think silva gets hurt to the body and <coughs> yancy throws good body shots but 
He leaves his hand down, and Silva will throw those loop those haymakers from his hip. But if they land, they hurt it, people. Um, Neil Magny could take it. Medeiros hasn't been able to take it, but it was at the 155 division. Now at 170, he'll probably be able to withstand a couple more punches. And I, I think that the third round, the later the round the fight goes, the more in the favor it goes for Medeiros. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a near-even fight at minus 115, minus 115 for the fight. And can't wait for that. It's going to be a tough one to, to see how it comes out. Can't wait to talk about that one later. Moving on to the next fight, we have a fireworks show at its best. This is almost the most I'm excited for another fight. I mean, the main event is an amazing main event. But this at 185 pounds... Paulo Henrique Costa versus Aluade Bamboze. The Holy Warrior Angel against Borranchina. <laughs> These names, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Borranchina uh, translates into like Handsome Warrior or something. And the War or the Holy War Angel is sounds like horrible English. But, uh, so a lot of people. Are giving this to the Costa. I think that <clears throat> well, let's say the Costa only has a debut fight in the UFC against McLennan, who is a bit chinny, and he knocked him out two months ago. Previous fights all being uh, at a local fight scene, jungle fight, which is a good promotion that's fed us people like Jose Aldo and a lot of top-notch caliber fighters. Um, but I looked at a couple of Borrachinas fights. Some of the guys he was fighting were me coming straight off the podcast to go right into the ring and fight. <laughs> they were not people that looked like they were top level. A couple were, but the UFC's a big, 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 big step up. McClendon, I don't think is a big of a step as other fighters. I do think people are putting a little too much hype in Costa. Bamboja, you know what you're going to get with him. He's a Taekwondo style, karate style fighter. Can't get up off the ground if you take them down. Um, the Costa doesn't, or Costa does not take people down. He likes to stay striking. Costa's a southpaw. He has a really good straight jab with a following left straight down the pipe. Um, he also has a good right hook. Uh, as a southpaw, he gives people trouble. That's what I saw him in every single one of his fights. He just really knows how to uh, pressure well and cut the ring off. The thing with Bamboja is that he's a great counter-striker. Bamboja can spin around and get that heel right in your face real quick. Bamboja's last loss is to uh, Cesar Friera, which we all, I had that Bamboja was going to win that because of the TKO, but Ferreira showed that he could get enough head movement around and be elusive enough to um, withstand the barrage that Bamboja and Bamboja gassed hard. Bamboja is really muscular guy, and you can see him in every fight he's been in really start to slow down if he doesn't get you out in that first one or two rounds. Third round, I'd say he notoriously gives away to anyone who can get there, but it's hard to get there for Bamboja. I don't think this fight is going to a decision at all. I am changing my own mind. I think that you had said it, ber said it best earlier in the night that... Straight punches beat looping punches, and I think Costa has better straight boxing that can get to Bimboja even if he spins first. Um, 
But if Bambosius throws any of that spinning shit, Henrique's face, or the Costa, Costa's face can be fucking ruined really, really quickly. I think that this is a TKO round one Costa. I'm switching that live because I had Bambosia earlier in the week. But once I really looked at the tape, um, I do think that the crisper striking and takedown defense doesn't matter in this fight because Bambosia is not... The takedowns that he does try are the level that Costa has already seen. It's a very low level of takedowns. It's desperation. Exactly. So it's, it's not going to work. desperation takedowns. Um, he did look better. I have to. I went yep. back and forth on this fight. This is a tough fight. I thought Bamboja, even watching the embeddeds, he looked like a sharper version of himself. Like he's ready to be a professional fighter full time. Like when the guys make that shift in their life. Um, I went back and forth too. I'm. I think this is a leap in experience for Costa to be going against. Yeah. Uh, I just feel. Like, I see Bamboja or Bamboza giving up by round three if he doesn't. And exactly. So we're in a hot arena. Exactly. He's going to be trying to throw tons of crazy stuff. I think the him standing with Costa is the most dangerous thing he could do. And so I have right now Costa KO round two. I want to watch the weigh-ins on this one as well. This could be a Brazilian special. This guy is an Adonis. Exactly. um, We know a lot of the guys that are coming down right now, and I think Bamboja is fighting out of, yeah, out of Long Beach, so we know he's getting USADA tested, so he looks like a leaner version of himself. Uh, Bamboja, I believe it's his first fight out of the U.S. as well. I think he's only fought in the United States. This is the first time he's traveled. I listened to an interview with him, and he was just like, he didn't care. He's just willing to take any fight anywhere, and he's just excited to be. He, I love his mentality, what the interview I just heard, because he's just like, I don't care when you lose. I'm willing to fight the best guys I'm ever willing to fight, because people are saying, why are you taking a fight with a dangerous guy like this? And he's like, if I win or lose excidingly, they'll keep me on. Or I'll get back to it. And it is a, they will do that. But they he will just do gives that. up fights. That's really the only reason. And gas this tank. is a dangerous thing, though. He's had enough UFC fights that that gas tank has to get a little better. Yeah. How many rounds is Costa going into late? We have no idea what yeah, this guy's gas tank is He's like. also finishing a lot of guys in the first. He's 9-0 and in his career. Uh, he's finishing a lot of guys in the first couple rounds. I think he's only gotten to decision once in his 9-fight career. So... I don't think this should be as big of a favorite. I agree with but that. But I do think it should be maybe like you were saying earlier, this could be a layup for Costa to have an exciting thing for the card. It's the beginning of the main event. What a perfect way to start the main event so then they can hype a whole bunch of other fights, do a bunch of commercials in between. Monero and... Silva was the beginning. Oh, okay. Of uh-huh. And that's gonna be a chill fight yeah, probably. So you're fight. gonna need a hyper. Of like a knockout because that other fight is going to go long. This is fireworks. This is fireworks either way. This is something that um, don't blink. Don't don't go to the kitchen. Don't go grab something out of the kitchen. Watch this fight because at any point in time in that first or second round, this fight can be over. If it goes to a third, it's going decision. And oh, if it's going to decision, I would say Bambozi might win this because he has a bit of experience in the UFC. But I see it finishing for Costa round one. Moving on to the next fight, we have Vitor TRT Belfort versus Nate TRT Marquardt. He also was a poster boy for TRT at a point in time. Both of these guys have had 
some of the longest careers in the sport. They've been around since some of the early UFCs. Belfort being the youngest at one point in time, light heavyweight or all-around champion ever. First really brought in boxing. Um, had an amazing ground game. He is just a shell of what, himself, of what he is. I mean, he's losing, but he's losing to top caliber guys. He's not losing to nobodies. He's not getting in there with fucking no ones. Um, I think the easiest fight he's had in a while is going to be Nate Marquardt. Nate Marquardt has been in for since the good old days. Nate Marquardt's last loss, last fight was to Sam Alvey in a decision. Um, he beat Tanner McCory and then lost to Thiago Santos TKO. Out of his last five, CB Dalloway, he beat where he got hurt a lot. I mean, Marquardt checkered past. Um, Vitor Belfort's last five fights have been Kevin Gastelum, which did they take this away from Kelvin because of they the took weed. away the win yeah because of marriage Juan. Ugh, and then he lost I mean Vitor Belfort's lost by three TKOs in a row in a year in Ooh. less than a year in less than a year ow god damn I don't know how much Brazilian juice you could take to fix that though that's not good and then he beat Dan Henderson but he was TRT at that maybe not oof I definitely have to see the post weigh-ins. Um, Marquardt has already traveled the world and fought. You know what you're getting with Marquardt. Good all the way around. He's just a tick behind. He's right in Vitor's spot. On career pass. They are in the same place. Um, but he hasn't been finished as much. It looks a little different because it's marked as a draw or it's taken off. So it doesn't look like a loss. But that's three TKOs in under a year for Vitor. You don't have to hit hard in order to rattle that brain right now. You don't. You, don't. you can hit a jab and he can sit To me, down. there's only one question in this fight. Uh-huh. Who's chinnier? And that answer to me is Vitor is too chinny. Even no, like you were just saying, no matter the amount, if no, he gets no uh-huh. drug testing before this fight, he still has to make weight. So yeah. once he makes that weight, all, he, he's going to get knocked out. Nate Marquardt throws hard. He throws strong. He's an old man, but yeah. he's the young man in this fight. So I just think that Nate's going to win this fight in Brazil. He's not going to be intimidated by the crowd. He has been around the block, like you say. I think he's going to beat Vitor. I... And I think this is a weird... Um, I think it's smart that it's near even, like a near even fight. I had, if you saw, I had uh, Vitor... I think Marquardt KO round two. You ended up switching my mind um, just right now. I had Vitor decision, and I just switched it over because I do think that three brutal KOs, they have not been where he just falls over. They have been like horrible cuts, and he gets up, and <laughs> it's uh, I heard, because he fights in Brazil a lot of the time with a lot of local favorites, and it's just crickets. Crickets, crickets, crickets after a Vitor fight lately because he gets smashed. I think it's smart that they're not making him the co-main event because that's a tough fight um, for Vitor. I I think Marquardt is a good pick there. That's that's interesting to see after weigh-ins what's going to happen with that. Moving on to the co-main event. This is a... Smoke show and a half. We have Ka- Claudia, the... Speeding a Brazilian versus Carolina Kavolkovic. Guess the poster model or the pinup model. She always crosses her legs and makes me think kind of like that 50s pinup girl, kind of, but. 
K-K all day. The reason I call Gadelia the speeding demon is have you seen her, the embeddeds where she said she got five tickets in two months? Yes. Living in Florida. God damn! God damn, girl! What you doing? Putting us all in danger. <laughs> I absolutely loved the English Gadelia was speaking. It made her so much more likable, so much more interesting. Um, I'm loving the embedded with these two. I'm loving both of their profiles. I mean, I love my UFC fighters, but these are both just beautiful women that are elite athletes, go in there and leave it out all on the line for us to watch, and are professionals in every aspect of their lives, and it's coming through. Um, it's really, really an interesting fight. This is a top contenders fight with them being the one and two. Then whoever wins this fight has to go for the championship, which I feel like there's other girls knocking at the door that need to fight these one of these two before them right now. I agree. I think that this is <laughs> fight is a little has, premature. Yes. Little premature for both of these ladies. They shouldn't be fighting each other right now. No, and I was thinking about Rose fighting either of these women and how much more, like, not exciting by any means. I'm so excited about this fight, I think. But I was just Rose right now in the talk of that top four. And the skill set-wise, she is the Achilles heel to both these women's styles. That's yeah. why she gives JJ such a problem. And so I'm just interested because I think the winner of the three of them is the one who should fight JJ next. I don't, uh -huh. you know, because it just puts up a weird timeline where, or Rose fights the loser of this fight, JJ gets the winner, which I'm okay with. I think too. that's kind of what's going to happen. That's what it would make the most sense, but they don't make the most sense all the time. So we'll have to see. When. I have gone back and forth on this fight more than any of the other fights. Back and forth. I feel like KK is so underrated in this fight. I agree with that. A hundred So underrated. And she is so cheap on DraftKings. And regardless of what happens, regardless of what happens, KK is worth her money on DraftKings. Win or lose. I she agree. throws so many punches, she'll at least get... On the minimum, she's going to get... 58 points right under 60 on the minimum she'll throw like 128 punches so she'll get around 60 points in right. my eyes right, win right, or right. lose go into keep going sorry to interrupt no 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 you're there's fine. so many things I I, think about that you're this making fight really valid point and I, it's totally fine for you to interject it because it's stuff that needs to be said so that the fans can definitely make the most amount of money as possible and i think that you're bringing up a great point. This is going to be a high-volume fight. This is going to be on the ground and standing, and they both have a um, good amount of gas tanks. Around 40 points. I forgot about my main reason why I switched mine. Uh -huh. This okay. isn't a five-round fight. That's so I was literally about to say that. This is a three-round fight, and that plays the Gedalia's favor better because she's a faster starter, and she can she really slows down in that fourth and fifth round, but she's good at doing the three solid, solid rounds. Where Carolina is more of that kickboxing, she warms up in the first round, gets going in the second, and really puts on a good show in the third. And in the UFC, it's hard to do that. And Gedalia, I think, can hold on to Gedalia, that. Gedalia, if she was in the JJ fight and it was the three round fight, uh -huh. she would have won the yes. belt. Yes, she would have won that fight. She would have won that belt. Um, and I think that the rounds are one of the biggest things to pay attention to. Gedalia has been in the States. Um, Getting much, much better. 
She's not a Novi Yao. It says that, but I believe she's at top team because she just had a huge falling out with Novi Yao because they got really she upset. She took her boxing coach to somewhere, but I don't think it's top team. She's in... Oh, it's somewhere else, but it's... Like Nevada or New Mexico, somewhere like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, is it Florida? Because she got those... It was in Florida where she got them tickets, I thought. I think she was unha- She was not top team because her and JJ didn't... Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but it doesn't mean she wasn't in Florida. Yeah, good, good point, like... good point. So, um, we know what we're getting with both of these fighters. Caroline is going to want to keep it standing because of her kickboxing. Gedalia is a good striker with power, but she can get to the fight to the ground. And the only woman, the only losses that Claudia Gedalia has is two to Joanna Champion, both of those. The only loss that Carolina Kovokovic has is one to Joanna the Champion. These women, this is the first fight that they're going to lose out. One of them is going to lose outside of the champion. Let's say draw. What if they draw? And then they keep... Here's the thing that Gadelia has to be a little careful of. KK is stronger than JJ. Her punches are stronger than JJ. She wobbled JJ. Gadelia didn't wobble JJ at all. She took her down and JJ got right back up every single time. Right back up. A thing that's going to be dangerous for Gadelia in this fight isn't just the strength of the punches of KK, the volume of punches of KK, her combinations all include an elbow. Every single one of her combinations include an elbow. But the most dangerous thing is the style of takedown that Claudia has. KK has the ugliest knees in this division. Her knee right to that takedown. I have gone back and forth with this, right? Like, I have Gedalia decision right now, but I just... Oh, I think KK's underrated. I think like, KK's I think KK a live is dog. Underrated. If there's a bet to be made on this, it is on the underdog. This is a dog or pass play because the minus 280 for Gedalia is way, way too much. I would say the odds probably minus 160 for Gedalia, something like that. But you're getting a lot of value in KK. She could get a nasty split decision. If not, I think those knees... The trouble we're going to see here is we are going to see three takedowns around, even if KK does get right back up. It's just on whether... I think KK is a little more brutal than Claudia is used to. JJ, Mm. she throws a whole bunch of combinations together, but Claudia's thing that she is going for her... Well, see, they both just came off five-round fights. I'm not worried about cardio in this. Uh, I think we're going to see a battle to the end of this. I think, though, even though I know I was saying it, that Gedalia starts a lot faster and we know kickboxers start slow. It's a Donald Cerrone. A lot of kickboxers, Lorenz Larkins, all these elite guys are like, well, we just have 12 rounds, so they're always trained to start slow wear. Um, I do think Carolina figures her opponent out that first round, and I think that Gedalia is going to just push her, push her, push her, and never let her get set. And ooh, The reason I, I changed it to Gedalia for yeah, myself, I got the Gedalia last decision. thing is... Uh KK said something to me that is just a warning sign Uh when I think of my fighters. She was like, I um, will fight JJ again and we will fight in Poland and the two best women in the world will fight in Poland. I do not like KK looking past Gedalia at all. I think Gedalia is too dangerous and her headspace just seems really good. Her... um, if all of her coachings come together, she seems to be looking well at her weight. She looks lean, leaner than she used to look, which makes me think her grappling would get... She'd become a little more flexible and her grappling would become a little more dangerous. Uh, 
Gosh, I've gone back and forth on this the whole time. I just don't like KK looking past Claudia, but it's also the manifestation thing that if she actually wins this and does have a second fight with JJ, what a brilliant... You have her getting the fight with JJ again and potentially the Bullet Valentina beating Amanda Nunes and taking a belt and having a woman's card in a part of the world that changes it for the game in a whole different way. So... Mm. Uh, I don't know. I've gone back and forth so much. KK's so much cheaper on DraftKings. Yep. I just think she's worth more money. I think even if Gadelia gets her down three times, right. it's not going to be worth the amount of points of punches and strikes landed. So would you say that if you were going to make a bet, it would be more like Gadelia decision, KK finish? If it was going to finish somewhere. I think Gadelia is a tough girl too. And she's in her hometown, which is why I think takedowns, Brazilian judges respect takedowns and grappling more than other parts of the world. And so I think that will lean toward favor regardless of what KK does. I think KK is likable. I don't, I think she'll win over a lot of fans. I think she's Mm -hmm. a likable girl. I I don't think she's going to be intimidated by booze at all. She's used to the fight in the champion. So, uh, yeah, I just don't think if it was a five round fight, I would pick KK all day. I just don't think she. I do think Claudia's too explosive. I lean decision Gadelia right now as well, but I think KK is worth her money on DraftKings. So right now, she almost could be my Leslie Smith because of how cheap she is. She's like I seven one. Oh, I know, but I didn't flat out pick her, and I feel like we flat out pick our Leslie Smith, and there might be an underdog or two that we've already decided on that by default has to take that. I but I like the heart of Carolina, which I think is kind of what you're trying to get at is like that's she, always is our fighting our spirit. Smith, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's well, that Noah, fighting spirit. You know why? KK, we originally oh. picked Noah. I'll uh-huh. disagree with you on that. We okay. originally picked Leslie Smith cuz she was going against Cyborg. Yeah. And we said and she was so cheap. She was the cheapest we ever seen a fighter on DraftKings mm-hmm. and we said she would make it past further than people think. Uh-huh. She would make it longer than people think. We had faith that she would make it longer than people think. <laughs> Isn't that when we first picked her, or was it against? Did she, who else did she? I, I, she won her other fight where we picked her automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a couple right other fights. I don't. I she think... went in against Cyborg. Maybe that was the first time. Right after she fought Cyborg was the very first time we picked her. Something the first like fight that. after yeah, Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. I was. So maybe we have always like gone with somebody we think's gonna win. I don't know because even Akhmedov, we didn't think he'd get finished before round three. No, I feel like I had Mahmoudov winning as a decision. I had as a decision uh-huh. as well, but I feel like we were like, hey, the other guy, you know, he could be explosive. I don't really know much about him, but this guy's a grinder. And he was chinny. Akhmedov was had two knockouts, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had been hurt in fights. Um, but yeah, that came through with the I don't know. We'll see. We got one more <laughs> fight to go where... This is the main event of the night. Why you're purchasing the pay-per-view... This is just the epitome of the division culminated into essentially the interim belt, as one person may say it. Dare I speak his name? We'll leave him unsaid because we have a main event in the current champion, Jose Aldo versus Max Blessed Alloway. Um, Jose, is it Scarface? Is that his nickname? Junior. Junior. He changed that because he yeah. used to be Scarface. I don't like, I don't like all that name switching. I like Scarface because it makes sense. Um, So, we know what we're getting with both of these fighters. This is a fight that we've been talking about for a month, two months, because we've been calling Jose Aldo, isn't it? And we're still, how many days till? Weigh in? 
Is tomorrow weigh-in? No, no, no. Two days. Two days we have weigh-ins, and then the fight. So we have three days where something weird might happen. We're not in the woods yet, but we're we're close to the end. If there's a fighter to be scared of not making it, it is Jose Aldo. Yeah, exactly. If there's a prop bet out there right now, put money that, that the, this fight still might fall through. Because weird shit has happened. We know what we're getting with the champ. Uh, Jose Aldo has been only losing to the all-time best. He's been a contending current champ, only losing to Conor McGregor in a 13-second fight, which I know a lot of people have given um, Joe Rogan a lot of shit for saying he'll be tarnished with that one KO from McGregor. He had been undefeated, or he had won for 10 years in a row. Like, he's only lost, like, one of his first fights, second fights, and gone defeated for eight or nine years, and then lost to Conor. And then just beat Frankie Edgar and made Frankie Edgar, who's running through people right now, look mundane. He he beat Frankie to shit. And he looked absolutely fine after that five-round fight. Um, the Embeddeds have been showing all those training looks top fucking notch. He looks not as big as he's ever looked, but in a good, solid, healthy weight. We have to look at weigh-ins. He is in Brazil Max Holloway doesn't matter where he's at. You know what he's coming with. These both of these young men, well, both of these men have shared losses with Conor McGregor. But Max Holloway put up probably the best fight that anyone's had against Conor McGregor, where he blew okay. out Conor's ACL in the second round or something like that. But that ACL didn't blow out on its own. That was because Max had pressure on Conor McGregor. That wasn't just Connor standing weird. You know, there is something to be said for uh, Max. Even though uh, he's given him some shit like, oh, with a bump leg, I still beat you. That's just a testament to Connor really is a fighter as well. Um, and it proves with how Max has been looking as of late that, you know, can't wait to see that unification of belts of Connor getting that either rematch against Jose Aldo or match against Max Holloway. Either one of those fights, I'm going to pay for. I'm going to watch. I'm going to end up doing whatever I can to make sure I'm watching that on the biggest TV possible. Jose Aldo's good everywhere. He's great stand-up, great kicks. Um, some of the hardest kicks, some of the most fluid kicks, and it's been a big game of his plan in a lot of his fights. Max Holloway takes a lot of front kicks. And a lot of kicks that he does not check that I think can accumulate with the level of kicker of Jose Aldo. I do think that Max Holloway has to be um, weary of every single shot that is thrown at him. Because Jose Aldo has power from every angle. He is a next level fighter. Don't think because he just got knocked out with, I'm not going to say lucky punch, but with a well-timed shot that... He is in less caliber. He's shown it. He's been in a five-round fight since against top caliber Frankie Edgar, who's knocking at that title belt door. Um, Max, though, with the domination that he's been proving, the fights that he's... Um, nobody thought Pettis can lose, and he wrecked Pettis. Beating decisions in Lamas, um, his... He's coming with ultra pressure, ultra grinding style, shooting on you, willing to stand up, switching his stance nonstop. He can, uh, he isn't as explosive as Jose Aldo. I will say that Jose Aldo has more explosive power, but 
the sure pressure that Max Holloway brings in every single one of his fights, and we can say that he's going to bring it because he's shown it in every one of his fights, I do think Aldo has proven um, in some Chad Mendes fights and other Edgar fights when Edgar in other Edgar fights that Edgar was able to, I think Aldo's figured out Edgar over the years, but Edgar was able to put a lot of pressure on Aldo and start to test his will. And Aldo's will can be tested just like anybody else. Um, Max Holloway has been watching Aldo since he was in high school fighting. So it's the Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz kind of effect. I feel like might that's be going the second on. most dangerous factor in this whole fight to me. Okay, so please go on, because I feel like I've been taking up all the talk in this fight. Oh, I I think in the, I'm looking at your pick right now, and how you have Holloway KO round five, and I right now have Holloway decision, even though it's in Brazil, but I could change that to a knockout, because I think that's how the sport works. Eventually, your hero becomes the guy you fight, and you've been emulating your style to beat his style your entire life. Right, like I know how I beat Aldo every day. Yeah. And now Aldo's there, and you're like, oh shit, my turn. You're his biggest fan. Yeah. You want to eventually fight him. So I feel like Max Holloway has nothing but respect. He's going to call Aldo to the line. We know Aldo's emotional. Oh, um, so Aldo I think they're going to stand bang, in blow. Bro. I think, but the other... Uh, that was the second most dangerous factor in the fight. <laughs> the first most dangerous factor in the fight is Aldo was knocked out in a way that crushes your soul that you have to see a psychiatrist for the rest oh, of your life. Oh, it's rough. It's not, whether it was a fluke punch, whether it was whatever the thing, mm-hmm. it was um, ego crushing like glass. Like it replays in his head every night before he goes to sleep. And he's fighting in Brazil now with. This is a UFC smart move. Max Holloway's the type of guy that if you want Brazilians to become fans of yours, you have to be an educated, amazing, exciting fighter. So he's kind of the perfect guy that, and he's a respectful enough guy. He's not going to go out there and flick off the audience no matter what they're doing. And he's respectful of Aldo because he's his hero and showing that kind of respect in the ring in Brazil wins you fans. So he's a guy, as a champion, you could potentially bring back to Brazil again one day to still fill the arena. Or maybe for the Holloway Aldo too, so he's the one giving the rematch that McGregor never did. But um, I could go for a Holloway finish. I just really like Max. I think he's next level. I think he's a future champion. And it's not has nothing to do with the Connor knockout except for his Aldo psyche. I don't think it's his skill set. I don't think that he's chinny right now. I just think somewhere in his psyche there's a bean of doubt that Holloway does not have. He went to the finish with Conor McGregor. He's on a 10-fight streak. In the like, UFC. In the UFC, <gasps> which, you know, it's not 10 years. but In the accumulative murderers. Murderers, and he's been through them all. And I think Max, whatever it is that has clicked with knockout, it's not because... I think Holloway's going to be a lot more than Aldo thinks Holloway's going to be. I think who knows what would have happened if the McGregor-Holloway fight went longer. That right. was a three-round fight. And we see what happens to McGregor in five-round fights. Right. Max has killer cardio. Uh, so I think this is... He has tons of heart. I think he's next level. It's not because... I, And not because Frankie's not awesome. And no offense to Frankie's last fight. But... Um, 
I think that was a huge step up for, uh, I don't think it was a huge win for Frankie. I think he fought a guy that was, you know, 20 numbers less than him on the rating scale. So Mm -hmm. it's, and the fight was called, you know, it wasn't finished. So it's not anything against Frankie. I love Frankie, but we know Frankie's game plan. Um... I like Max in this fight. I think he's well-rounded everywhere. I think he's dangerous everywhere. I think he has brutal ways that he can make superficial cuts. I think he can give the Brazilian... I think you can see tides turn sometimes in Brazilian fights when the other guy's exciting. And I think the audience is going to be equally as behind him because he's... Stand on the line. Let's brawl. Yeah. Oh, this is just... What a great fight. This is a great fight. Jose Aldo is a slight favorite? Yes. Um, what is that? A minus? And I think they're eight one eight one or something like that on DraftKings. Yeah, they are. Which those which are good picks for either guy. I would actually say DraftKings play put both of these guys because they are going to likely go into the later rounds. I don't see this being a quick finish for either fighter. I think they're both going to throw a lot of punches because they both got great cardio. Max can submit guys too. Yeah. I Aldo has a great ground Max, game too. It, there's... The weird thing of Max is that he doesn't have length in his arms. He has length in, length in his torso. Uh-huh. So it just changes the whole way he feels on fighters that are uh, 145. He's really well, but Jose Aldo is next fucking level striker. Like, I really think that Max should be the underdog in this fight because Jose Aldo deserves all Max those credentials. Max took all Connor's punches. In 13 seconds, it's... It I don't was, mean uh, that punch. I to, uh, uh, Say that fight never happened. Exactly. I just think it proves Max isn't shinny. No, I agree. I agree, I agree. But what I do think is leg kicks are going to play a big role in this fight. Max Holloway stands tall, and Aldo throws a lot of leg kicks in all of his fights, especially against people that bring pressure. It tends to back him up, and he hits hard. It's the number one factor that I can't... Uh, even though I have a finish right now... I want to go decision Max Holloway, and then when I pick that, I want to pick Aldo because... Aldo decision, that's... The, uh, exactly, yeah. Aldo decision because I see those leg kicks completely stifling that forward pressure. And you're in Rio. Exactly. And you're in, with Max, and, like his hometown. Exactly, and I do think that Max is a fighter that you have to break his leg, but Jose Aldo can break your leg. <laughs> he can break your leg where you're like, I want to fight, but we need to go to the hospital because my femur's broken. <laughs> like... That shit can happen. It is such an exciting fight all the way around. I'm going with the underdog right now. We Me gotta too. wait for we'll the We'll keep you posted. We will keep you posted. This is a pay-per-view to watch. You guys can't miss it. We know you can't miss it. You're watching the embedded. You're watching the show. How about the show? Has it lost absolutely all credibility now that Cody's out of that fucking fight? Everything they're talking with Dominic or with DJ I watching. versus TJ. I stopped watching. I'm still watching because I love the redemption and I'm like, fuck the coaches. I don't need that shit because I still like the entire promotion. And you, it, it educates shit. you on every single fighter. It's not, doesn't hurt to watch. Yeah, exactly. People that are going to be in. UFC still going to give people shots, guaranteed. So, um, the people that look good in it and it, the show couldn't have took a worse hit by Cody falling off of that, which I didn't think about to talk about later, but or earlier last week. And we'll have to save it for the next show. Yeah, yeah. There's enough that we've gotten into. By follow us on Twitter at Lesbo and the Bean, or for all things Lesbo and the Bean, www.lesboandthebean.com.